0: Welcome to Minnesota Military Radio. My name is Doug Wortham, and I have the distinct pleasure of hosting today's show. Today, we'll learn about the Eagle Group of Minnesota veterans, talk to the state commander of Jewish War veterans, and check in with the Minnesota Patriot Guard. But first, it's time for, generally speaking, a weekly message from the Adjutant General of the Minnesota National Guard, Major General Sean Mankey. Chaplains play an important role in our armed forces, Whether our service members are Christian, Muslim, Jewish, Buddhist, or one of the hundreds of other faith traditions, our chaplain corps is ready to meet their spiritual needs. Embedded in units across the force, our chaplains advise our commanders and ensure the free exercise rights for all service members are upheld, including those who hold no faith tradition. Chaplain teams spiritually enlighten and rejuvenate us during good times and console and heal us during the bad. They have answered a higher calling to their faith and their fellow service members. Thank you, General Mankey. For more information, please go to minnesotamilitaryradio.com. Eagle Group of Minnesota Veterans was formally organized on September 22, 2010. It's a 501c3 that has a mission to share business connections and knowledge of how to turn military capabilities into job search success. Here to talk about Eagle Group of Minnesota Veterans is its president, Brad Dobazinski, and Alan Hill, one of the board members. Gentlemen, welcome to Minnesota Military Radio. Thanks for having us. Hello. Yes, hey, great to have you in the studio. I um, appreciate you taking the time to uh, to come in. And, and I just want to give a quick little uh, bio um, intro of both of you. Uh, Brad, you and I have known each other for a while because uh, you were one of our producers here for Minnesota Military Radio when you were at the VA Healthcare System, and, and now you're the uh, Public Affairs Officer at the VA Midwest Healthcare Network, or VISN23, and uh, Alan, i 'm going to flip my sheet here you 've had a long and distinguished career in information technology spanning over twenty years with a decade at Optum as an agile enterprise coach so so you both have um, you know business acumen, um, obviously uh, brad public affairs background of of course and uh, and then all of a sudden you 've got this thing called eagle group veterans of of minnesota so How about if we start there? Brad, I'll start with you first. Why don't you tell us a little bit about Eagle Group Veterans of Minnesota, what it is?
1: Yeah. You know, uh, so just real quick, I retired back in 2018, came back to Minnesota, and I didn't know where to even start. And a guy I went to college with, he retired at the same time, and we hooked up with the Eagle Group, and they helped us try and find, you know, help us kind of get the tools that we needed. So the the big thing with Eagle Group is we have a our, our standing is really the three C's, um, camaraderie, capabilities, and commitment. And what we do with the camaraderie um, are meetings every month, which is the fourth Wednesday. Um, of course, on Thanksgiving and Christmas, we shift those up to the third Wednesday. But we have a week monthly meeting where we talk to veterans about um, really – we share skills with them. It's, it's, it's a big event where we get together, we talk, we provide that camaraderie with each other. We also help with networking. And any type of business kind of building, help them find a job.
0: And so, Brad, your connection to Eagle Group uh, veterans of Minnesota is the fact that you were looking for something to do a new job when you came back to Minnesota. And, and this group presented itself to you. That's how you got connected. And so now here we are, what, four, What how many years is that now? Six years later. Six years later. <laughs> wow. Six years later. And, and you're now its president.
1: Uh, you know, a lot of the folks that work in the board work at the Eagle Group itself are members that started by using the Eagle Group. It's been really helpful. I mean, uh, we provide... You know, those capabilities for folks so that they can learn how to put a resume together, how to answer questions at a interview. Um, And then additionally, we also have another C, which is called commitment, where we are there for each other.
0: And so your connection to the Eagle Group is then what got you the job you have or got the job at the VA just because
1: of the mentorship coaching that was provided? Pretty much. I mean, I'll tell you what, the big thing with Eagle Group is the networking. Um, you know, you can be the best at writing a resume, you can be the best at doing interviews, but if you don't have that networking skill, and especially from my background as being public affairs and doing communication, I I could have stayed at the Pentagon and probably got a job working there at at a GS, but I came home. And when I came home, I didn't know anybody anymore in that type of network. And they helped me get that network.
0: And Alan, you're over there shaking your head uh, up and down, north and south there. Um, So, how, what's your connection? Why are you involved with ego group veterans or how did
2: you get started? That's a great question. actually, I um, started uh, back in like 2009 at the Department of Employment and Economic Development deed, as a veterans rep. So okay I started uh, helping people from the Workforce Center, what it was formerly called now Career Force, and I enjoyed it so much that when I got my job at Optum in 2013, I wanted to continue finding a way to stay involved in the veteran community and, and continue to serve and help. So I uh, that's what made me join Eagle Group and uh, come as a volunteer and then eventually as a board member. And so do you have military service as well, Alan? Uh, yes, I do. I, I Actually, so <clears throat> um, I never would have thought that I was a veteran until somebody explained to me that a veteran is somebody who served uh, for 120 consecutive days. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, I'm a veteran. I thought because I hadn't retired, I wasn't considered a veteran. Yeah. And once I realized that, I really kind of found my people. Sure. So that's how I got involved. And I think that's one of the misconceptions a lot of people have is what is the
0: definition of a veteran, right? So the yeah. VA has a, a definition um, over at the Minnesota Department of Veterans Affairs. There's there's a definition, a certain statute that they follow. and uh, and, and so- yeah, a lot of people that think that maybe they're not, they probably truly are, wouldn't you say,
1: I, Brad? That is absolutely right. And I, there's so many myths out there, too, about, you know, why I, I'm not a veteran. I only served two years or I was only in the reserve or the guard. I never deployed. Hey, there are definitions. And, you know, we help everybody who's a veteran. And we even help their family members as well. I mean, that's one of the things that we do. But, yeah, there's, there's a lot of misconception about what exactly a veteran's, veteran is.
0: Yeah, and, and I think having a, something like, like an ego Group where, you know, as Alan, you said, you know, these are your people, right? And so on that weekly, which I want to talk about the meetings and what goes on there weekly or, or monthly, but uh, you get that group together. And I imagine, because I've been to a meeting or two, um, I imagine there's some really, really good friendships that are developed, but then also a bunch of stories, too, about, you know, (laughs) back in my day, huh? Yeah. Yeah. So I'm
2: laughing. Um, You might think I run the meeting kind of loosey-goosey, but um, but as Brad had said, right, is, is we're a camaraderie group that assists in job search. So we're not a job club, right? We're not a transactional kind of thing where it's like, Get one and done. Yeah, we anticipate and expect that you'll want to find some way to stay involved and continue to serve the next group of people that comes through. And so, you you obviously want to help
0: people get a job, but one there's not a guarantee you're going to get a job by coming to Eagle Group. But what you're going to do is. Helped provide the resources, the networking training that you need. Mm-hmm. Um, I know that there's a, um, a push. You're going to have to help me on the name of the books, like the 20-minute networking manager or something like that, right? Um, I mean, that thing right there is a lifesaver, right? Because you don't want to waste people's time, and you need to know what type of questions you should be asking when you have the opportunity to sit down with someone that's in an influential position.
1: Exactly. And, and one of the things that we really do is we kind of – Build a plan for each veteran. I mean, because what I need to put together for my job search, it's different than what you'll put together, or what we need to put together for Alan. So it may be because of the job type, or my strengths, or my skills, but we try and cater to all these veterans. So that's one of the things that we really push hard on. Yeah, go
2: ahead, Alan. We actually have a, a relatively new last couple of years called Accountability Buddies or Accountability Allies, mm-hmm. where we will actually sit and do a weekly accountability program with you as a veteran or spouse in your job search. So you pl- put it together, your plan, and then you have somebody you're checking in with every week to make sure that you're delivering on what you said you wanted to commit to and that it's working for you. So
0: it's a combination of accountability but also that mentorship, right? Yeah. I mean, that's what you're supposed to do is you got to hold someone accountable and in Let's face it. Right. Even though we can say that we're, you know, military retired veterans and, uh, and we're extremely disciplined because we were in our jobs. Uh, sometimes there's this feeling of, look, it, I, I've been there. I've done that. I, I know how to do this. Um, so it's just going to happen for me, which, Jeff, it isn't the case.
1: <laughs> no, it isn't. <laughs> exactly. I mean, I, I mean, the first two interviews I did when I got back here, I thought I'd knocked him out of the park. I didn't get a call back.
0: Yeah, and then you got the rest of the story. Exactly. <laughs> so we're going to take a quick break right here. We'll come back. We'll talk a little bit more about the monthly meetings, what people can expect uh, when they when they get involved. Uh, we are speaking with Brad Dobozinski and Alan Hill from the Eagle Group of Minnesota Veterans. This is Minnesota Military Radio. Please stay with us. We'll be right back. Welcome back to Minnesota Military Radio. I'm your host, Doug Wortham. In the last segment, we were speaking with Brad Dobazinski and Alan Hill, they're from Eagle Group of Minnesota Veterans. And, and Alan, I want to come back to you. And, uh, you know, in the last segment we were talking about the, uh, the different types of meetings. you got a weekly meeting, you have a monthly meeting, and, and I understand that you lead the weekly meeting. So if someone comes to a weekly meeting and they see Alan Hill standing at the front at that podium and the microphone, what are they going to expect from you? What, what are they going to get when they come there? And I don't mean a, a physical thing, but what can they expect?
2: Yeah, absolutely. So actually, to clarify is our weekly meetings are virtual through Zoom right now. Uh, That's a post-COVID thing that we still maintain because we can reach to service members that are separating and maybe in California or New York or Germany or somewhere. And then we also have every second Tuesday, we do it in person at the Richfield VFW. And they can expect a family dinner, not a presentation. So it's a way to sit down, have a meal, have a cup of coffee or beer with fellow vets who are there to help you make the connections and get the process done. So weekly meetings via uh, Zoom, um, it's a virtual meeting. So if, if
0: someone's interested, how would they even find out about the meeting to, to get that invite so they can log in properly?
2: It's real easy, actually. Um, they can go to our main website, which is eaglegroupmn.org. Okay. And then they can scroll down and see my ugly face and there's a video there and then it's registered for the career track meeting the career track that's what it's called and yep. so during that
0: career track meeting um, you're going to talk about um, different uh, skills and things that people need to um, to get into or to get that job search started the networking all right so you've got a group let's just say um, there there's thirty people on this virtual meeting okay. Um. What if, you know, I'm listening, but I just need a little bit extra attention. Uh You know, does does someone break off in a different group with me? Do we set up a different time where you can just spend a little more time to help me? Because I'm a slower learner than maybe uh, I might have been.
2: Yep. Both and actually, Um, we've got we can do breakout rooms in Zoom. So we've got coaches that are on as volunteers um, who participate and help and support. And then it's uh, they can take a breakout room. And, you know, like if you need help with resume review or interview prep because you got an interview coming up tomorrow, um, all that stuff can be there. We can also do uh, meetings after uh, or outside the regular meeting. Like I've got a uh, Calendly link that I send to people so they can just pick a time on my calendar and book a time as a coaching session individually, no charge. And so the, uh, the weekly meeting is really designed to
0: be – really focused on, you know, the, the support mechanism or the the details, right, of of getting your career in line, uh, getting your resume squared away. Whereas the monthly meeting, you still do some of that, but it's really, it's it's the broader networking and it's
2: relating with your fellow brothers and sisters in arms. There's one question that I always ask everybody. So I let them go and introduce themselves like you'd find in a traditional job club. Um, but the part of it that I ask them is, is I don't cut them off in 30 seconds or anything like that. What we ask them to do is, is to tell us, did you get the one thing you wanted most out of tonight? Because that clarifying question helps them focus on what it is that they really came there for. And sometimes they will tell me, and I appreciate this, is I just came to know that I'm not alone. Yeah. And I'm like, well, welcome, because that's what we're about. And I think maybe that's the thing, right, is – like like Brad was
0: saying before, one, you didn't know where to start. He heard about this ego Group veterans thing that maybe would be a good place to start. I mean, it says veterans right in the title. And so, Brad, I'll come back to you. Um, you know, you said that you came back to Minnesota in 2018. You went to the group. Obviously, now you're the president. Um, but there was something that caused you to want to stay as a member of or a contributing member to the group and then obviously become the president so why is that why did you why why stay you you got the job you're you're good right
1: (laughs) yeah that's true you know that's a really good question I think it's different for everybody Uh, I know for myself they were there when I needed them Mm -hmm. Uh, they really were I mean I didn't get to the point where uh, you know I was starting to hit rock bottom didn't know what was going on you know I was in a good position. I ended up finding a, uh, actually a temporary job with the Minnesota department of education, which was really a good job. And then I got the the job at the VA, but the bottom line is because of what it gave to me with just being able, even once a month to go link up and, you know, talk war stories with some of my fellow veterans, um, running into folks that I hadn't seen in a long time. Uh, I guess the big thing for me was, you know, I said, I like this group a lot. I like what it gives and being part of the program itself to help. So, you know, two years ago, I was elected to the board itself and the president left and the position was open and they wanted me to step up and I did. And from there, it's this past year's just been wonderful. We've done a lot of things. We moved from our previous location at Cargill to the new location at the Toro headquarters and Bloomington, I mean, we are taking this to the next level because we're really trying to help veterans do the things that they need to do. Um, and if they want to work, they, they should get that opportunity no matter what. And we're helping them determine that.
0: And how long is the uh, president appointment uh, tour or time?
1: Uh, well, it kind of depends. It's usually two to three years. Okay. Um, we have board members that sign up for a three-year stint, and they are allowed to do extra time if, if they want to, if they need to. Um, we've had a couple people that came off the board this past year. One person continues to volunteer. Um, I don't think we can ever get rid of her, which is a great <laughs> thing because she's a great asset. Yeah. Um, but uh, three years is usually the time frame.
0: And you know, for you as the president, obviously you've been involved for you know the the six years or whatever. Um, you know, what, what's the next step for Eagle Group veterans? I mean, where are you trying to lead them over the course of your president's term and then beyond? Because I assume you'll continue to volunteer.
1: I, yeah, you know, I think right now we've done a lot of things by um, – we're we're getting more tech savvy is what we're doing. We're bringing the Eagle Group into the 21st century. <laughs> Aren't <laughs> um, we all? Yeah. <laughs> we, we have to. And we're kind of tracking a lot of things so we can identify – the things that have been working for certain folks in their field and we want to identify who gets, you know, lands with a new job and and, and what are these new processes that we can use. So, you know, we've got somebody that does a lot of IT and we're bringing some more software in. So those are the things that we're looking at expanding for Eagle Group to help us just get better so that we can focus on more coaching and all that other mundane stuff can be taken care of with the, you know, software and technology as well. And I think
0: tracking those metrics are extremely important, right? Mm -hmm. So now you can determine and say, hey, look, we actually had a success rate. You know, if your success rate or your goal is 70% of people – Land a job and you're running at eighty five or ninety percent. You know that's something great to be able to promote, especially when you're soliciting um, donations because you you are a not for profit, so you need to get uh, some funds. And one of the things, Alan, you were talking about um, before we started uh, the show was you've got a golf tournament thing, which is kind of a networking thing, and uh, you know, but you're going to try to raise some money out of that too. So tell us a little bit about the golf tournament.
2: Well, um, I love the golf tournament. Um, mainly because we have a committee of folks that are committed to making it work and <laughs> I'm not the best organizer but um the, the the true thing about the golf tournament is is it's a it's a fundraiser partnered with a networking event so everything is about making a connection between a veteran or spouse and a company that might want to hire them or at least help give them some tips and advice and connections so it's a it's a fun way to get out enjoy the sun enjoy the summer and make connections that might hopefully last a lifetime. And is information on that out on your webpage so people could sign up for
0: it, or is it not published yet? It's
1: not published yet. They're still working through it. The date is August 12th. Okay. Um, and the other thing I just want to put out there is veterans that are in transition for, you know, in between jobs and they're in transition, do golf for free. We we pair them up with uh, a threesome of other folks that are, from companies because we we do get a few companies that will sponsor foursomes and they send folks out there, recruiters, um, different executives to talk to these veterans about their company.
0: Yeah. Alan, 30 seconds. Why do you volunteer?
2: It's an opportunity to give back and pay it forward. That Bottom was a quick it. 30 seconds right there. <laughs> Let me tell
0: you, I, I love it. Uh, Brad, I'll, I'll close out with you. What What do you say to those transitioning members or anybody who might be looking at a career change? Uh, why should they consider Eagle Group Veterans
1: of Minnesota? You know, the biggest thing is you may have you may not have changed jobs in a while. You don't understand the process. It changes. It's an ever-changing environment. We're a huge networking event. We are veterans. We know how to help other veterans. Come on out, and we'll help you out. We'll help you find that. We'll also give you a little fun and camaraderie every uh every month just to hang out with other veterans.
0: All right. Weekly and monthly meetings. That's Eagle Group of Minnesota Veterans. Brad Allen, thanks so much for uh, joining me on Minnesota Military Radio.
1: You bet. That's thanks. Brad
0: Thank Dobozinski and Alan Hill. Again, Eagle Group of Minnesota Veterans. Please stay with us. We'll be right back. Welcome back to Minnesota Military Radio. I'm your host, Doug Wortham. And in just a moment, we're going to check in with the commander of the Jewish War Veterans but first, it's time for the Commissioner's Corner, a weekly update from the Minnesota Department of Veterans Affairs. Now here's Commissioner Brad Lindsay. The Minnesota Department of Veterans Affairs offers support and customer service seven days a week to Minnesota veterans and their families through 1-888-LINKVET. Dedicated staff at LinkVet provide information and referrals via telephone, email, and online chat. It is Minnesota's one stop shop that offers immediate answers with one on one assistance for all veteran related questions and needs. Visit Minnesotaveteran.org to chat with a LinkVet representative or search our large question and answer
3: database. Call 1 888 LinkVet today.
0: Thank you, Commissioner Lindsay. For more information, please go to Minnesotamilitaryradio.com. Joining me in the studio now is the commander of the Jewish War veterans. His name is Stuart Mednick, goes by Stu, and uh, Stu's got over 30 years of business experience since he was honorably discharged from the Navy Nuclear Submarine Force. Stu, welcome to Minnesota Military Radio. Thank you, Doug. Hey, it's good to have you, and you know, we had you in the studio uh, a couple of months ago during the uh, CTF, the Commander's Task Force Christmas Show, and uh, you had a, a little segment in there, and we got to introduce the uh, Jewish War Veterans Organization to our listening audience, and we thought it'd be a good idea to bring you back and and give you a little bit more time and, and get to know you just a little bit better and, and then hear a little bit more about the uh, Jewish War Veterans and what you do as a commander. So with that in mind, Stu, how about if we start off by... Just getting to know you a little bit. You spent some time in the Navy in that nuclear submarine force. Uh, tell us about your military career.
3: Certainly. Yeah, way back in, well, early 80s, I enlisted. And uh, I joined the Navy. And I did really good on the entrance exam. They said, hey, what do you want to do? I said, I want to do a high-tech program. They said, we got the program for you, submarine force. What do you think? Well, of course, we're all pretty naive at the time. And I said, sure, sounds great. So I ended up on a nuclear-powered submarine, and my specialty was working in navigation and guidance systems for nuclear warhead missiles. Made four deployments, ended up going overseas, stationed overseas for about three years, came back, and actually had an active-duty station here in Minnesota at the Naval Satellite Operations Center down in Rosemont, hidden away Tucked away in the uh, U of M, uh, their college, they have like 5,000 acres right. for, for the farm stuff out there. And, yeah, uh, I got this charge when the Cold War ended and like Minnesota, so stuck around. So
0: stuck around. And so you did uh, just over nine years or so in the Navy, is that right? That is correct. Okay. And so you got to see the world a little bit. I mean, well, you traveled the world a little bit because you're <laughs> underwater.
3: Right, right. Yeah, didn't see you a whole lot. However, again, when I was stationed overseas, did have an opportunity. I was actually on a submarine tender, which is a big old ship that performs maintenance and services for submarines that would dock alongside. So we were able to travel around a few Liberty ports there, even had a few Liberty ports on the submarine. But then uh, my family was with me, so we traveled Europe a little bit as well. And
0: did you look at other branches of the military or was the Navy what you knew you wanted to do?
3: Actually, my first choice was the Air Force only because I thought that they were the high tech um, branch of service, but turns out the Navy suited me really well, yeah, especially in that nuclear program so exactly
0: all right, well, so you made it through there, you made it alive out of the Navy, you did your nine years, you uh, saw the the world from the inside of a, a tin can and uh, and so then you you get out you 're a successful businessman. But uh, somehow you got tied into the Jewish War Veterans Organization, which now you're the commander of. So how did that um, transpire? You know, when you left the, the military, did you immediately join? What, what brought you into the
3: organization? Actually, I didn't even know it existed when I got out of service. And somewhere down my career path... Probably, I think, maybe 16, 17 years after my discharge, I ended up working as a county veteran service officer for Hennepin County. And you meet a lot of people when you're working as a service officer. And at that point, we were also starting up the veterans court. So had a lot of attorneys coming through. And there was one attorney that came through who happened to be, at the time, active in the Jewish War veterans. And he asked me, hey... Are you interested in joining? I'm like, what the heck is that? Yeah, <laughs> and uh, I ended up becoming a life member, but granted, at that time, I still wasn't really that active, and it wasn't until maybe about eight years ago or so that I actually started going to meetings periodically, mm-hmm. then it became more frequent, and sooner than later. They asked me, hey, are you interested in being a post commander? And
0: that's kind of how it happens, is, doesn't it? You exactly. know, you don't really get involved in the very beginning, and then you maybe start attending a little bit. And next thing you know, you're, I don't want to say you're getting roped into things, but you started getting more involved. I was. Let's getting be roped. honest. Okay. <laughs> I didn't want to necessarily say that, but, you know, it happens.
3: Well, it's a small organization, and anybody that is part of a veteran organization, whether it be big or small, like the VFW, American Legion, DAV, um, there's always a need for people. There's always a need for people to step up in leadership. And that was exactly the case with our situation. The Jewish War Veterans is actually a very small organization. In Minnesota, there's probably about 108 members. And nationwide, probably 10 to 12,000. And putting that in perspective... And don't quote me on these numbers, but I'm pretty sure the VFW just in Minnesota has about 37,000 members. And the American Legion just in Minnesota is probably around somewhere north of 60,000. So, yeah, we're very, very small. But that's yeah. because it's it's a very small slice of the pie to be able to qualify for who we are.
0: Yeah, I mean, the two big organizations you just mentioned, I mean, you can be a member of the VFW and qualify to be a member of the American Legion, not necessarily vice versa, and then you add in that small little slice of the population that you're you're attracting to your organization of whatever it is, 2% of the uh, American population are Jewish, uh, and then extrapolate that down to those who served,
3: uh, that slice of the pie gets pretty darn small. It absolutely does. And not only those who served, but actually in the title of our organization, Jewish War Veterans. So you could serve during a time of peace, But you don't qualify to be a regular member now you can qualify to be what's called a patron or an associate member uh but yeah to be jewish serve during a time of war yeah yeah and so um a
0: patron member then is that uh could anybody become a patron or is there still that jewish affiliation you still need to have that as you know part of your heritage
3: You know, it's interesting you say that. I'm actually going out to Washington, D.C. next week for the National Executive Committee meeting for the Jewish War Veterans. And they're talking about changing some of the uh, guidelines for membership and for the patron because membership has been diminishing quite a bit like every other veteran organization. So they thought, well, let's loosen up the membership regulations a little bit. And again, I don't know for a fact, but If someone is just interested in becoming a member or patron based on what it is we stand for, and they're not going to be turned down. So we have
0: uh, just about a minute left in this segment here. Um, I I want to have you just quickly tell me what's coming up for the Jewish War veterans for 2024. What kind of events you got going on?
3: Well, one of the big things that I am tasking myself to do is to become more present in both the Jewish and the veteran community. We've been kind of the undercurrent for a long time, and I want to be more in the forefront. So what I'm planning is an event where on the Judaism side, we're going to be inviting the clergy and executive directors and presidents of the Jewish community locally to a pretty nice dinner so that we can introduce who we are and talk about how we can synergize our efforts together to help each other in today's current social environment. And we're also looking at being able to also make a lot of donations and perform a lot of charity events like we did last year with a lot of the veterans at the Shalom home, which is basically a a retirement home type of thing, mostly for the Jewish population. And we're still formulating a lot of what we want to do with our limited funds, but that's the direction we're headed. Okay,
0: we're going to take a quick break here, and then we'll come back. We'll talk a little bit about kind of the existence or how the Jewish War veterans came into existence, and uh, we'll talk about some other great things as well. This is Minnesota Military Radio. We've been speaking with Stuart Mednick, the Jewish War Veterans Commander. This is Minnesota Military Radio. Please stay with us. We'll be right back. Welcome back to Minnesota Military Radio. I'm your host, Doug Wortham. We're speaking with Stu Mednick. He's the commander of Jewish War Veterans. And uh, Stu, before we went to break, you talked a little bit about what's coming up in 2024. And I really think it's kind of important to understand um, really where the organization gets its roots from and why the Jewish War Veterans organization came into existence. Can you give
3: us that brief history? Absolutely. So we are actually the oldest commissioned congressional-commissioned veteran organization in the country. We were formed in 1896, two years before the VFW. And the way we came about was actually based on uh, the fact of anti-Semitism, believe it or not. During the Civil War afterwards, there was a lot of this anti-Semitic rhetoric about how the Jews did not support the republic in the war, So 63 Jewish veterans got together in New York and formed the organization originally called the Hebrew Union Veterans, and it just took off from there. So that's really how we were formed. And even when we were formed in our national constitution, there's a preamble that states how all the things that they stand for was exactly what it was that they're trying to abolish. Okay.
0: And, you know, you you mentioned anti-Semitism and, um, you know, we we keep politics out of the show. But, you know, obviously there's a lot of stuff going on in the world right now. And I'm just wondering if the unrest that we've been seeing since October 7th uh, in Israel, if that's had any type of a negative impact on the organization here, the Jewish
3: War veterans. I would say, let's just say this generally, across the country, there's a lot of negative impact. And the reason why it's something that I'm very passionate about is, like I was saying, because that's how we were formed. That is our backbone. And uh, if I may, let me just read a segment of what our national constitution preamble states. And this was actually created in 1896 when we were formed. We, the citizens of the United States of America, of the Jewish faith, who served in the wars of the United States of America in order that we may be of greater service to our country and to one another, associate ourselves together for the following purposes to maintain true allegiance to the United States of America and foster and perpetuate true Americanism and to combat wherever tends to impair the efficiency and permanency of our free institutions to encourage the doctrine of universal liberty, equal rights, and full justice to all men and women to combat the powers of bigotry and darkness wherever originating and whatever their targets. And then it goes on to say some other stuff, and then also principles of Americanism to instill love of country and flag. So as you can see, we're really just a bunch of Americans who love our country, who support Everything that our Constitution says, everything that everyone else stands for, we just happen to be Jews that fight for our country.
0: Yeah. And, you know, that's one thing we can all have in common, right? It doesn't matter what our background is. Uh, We have uh, service in common to this country and and love and patriotism
3: uh, to go along with it. Absolutely. And I think that's something very important to emphasize, because especially these days, we have... Such a melting pot of our country. And let's face it, our country was basically formed from tons of different origins of people coming to this country. There was a point in time when the Irish were considered the most minorities, (laughs) you know, serving in in the service. And now we have uh, Hmong and Vietnamese and other origins of people that have been integrated into the fabric of America. And so um,
0: I want to share your website. It's mnjwv.org. Correct. That is the website where people can go to to get more information. And there might be someone in our listening audience that is eligible to become a member, and they just don't know it yet. This is the first time they're hearing about the organization, much like what you talked about before. So we want to drive people to mnjwv.org to get more information. Perfect. All right, Stu, we're at the uh, the end of this segment, and I appreciate you spending some more time with us here on Minnesota Military Radio. It's great to see you again.
3: Well, I really appreciate it, Doug, and hopefully this will be a historic moment because, again, to best of my knowledge, I think this is the first time that the commander of the JWV has been on your radio station to be interviewed solo.
0: Well, there you go. It's a, it's a day of firsts. So uh, that's Stu Mednick. He's the Jewish War Veterans Commander. The Minnesota Patriot Guard is one of the great supporters of our U.S. military and, and obviously here in Minnesota. And joining me now from the flag line is Tim Leonhardt. Tim, welcome to Minnesota Military Radio.
4: Well, thank you. It's it's always an honor to be on.
0: Well, we're, we're glad to have you on. It's great to have these uh, these segments together. And, you know, one of the things that uh, took place um, probably since the last time we talked, I think, is the 34th Infantry Division uh, had their deployment ceremony. And uh, I know that you personally weren't there, but it was great to have that Patriot Guard presence at that ceremony.
4: Yeah, we, we we'd like to be at those because we want the soldiers that are leaving to know that ordinary people are there to support them. We appreciate what they're doing.
0: Yeah, Mike Lee was there, and he gave the uh, Patriot Guard flag to uh, the commander, uh-huh. uh, Major General Charles Kemper. And yep. uh, I mean, it was just what a sight in that uh, in that church to see it it lined with uh, the Patriot Guard and the flags. Um, one of the things I thought was pretty interesting is. Um, we spoke with the Minnesota Department of Transportation, and they talked about um, how they did an escort for the 34th Infantry Division from Arden Hills to the airport. Uh, actually, an escort with their orange plow trucks, mm-hmm. and and I understand that the Patriot Guard uh, did that as well. And uh, so, two questions here: uh, one, um, how do you enjoy doing those escorts? And then, two. Um, I mean I know it's not really a true Minnesota winter, but uh you guys will still ride in this weather too.
4: Oh yeah. Yeah. The only thing the motorcycle can't handle that's ice. Cold we deal with that's not that's that's really not an issue, but ice if there's if there's ice on the road, we really try not to be on the bikes. Yeah, but I can yeah, imagine. We and we we like doing the escorts. You know, we have a select. We don't. We used to do big escorts, you know, with with 100 bikes and things like that. But that becomes unmanageable for all of the law enforcement and the roads and everything else. So we've we've limited it to like six to eight bikes. And um, but we we like to make sure that the soldiers know that we're there and we're there to support them. We we appreciate what they're doing.
0: I know that you often have said on the show that, uh, you know, the welcome home ceremonies are the best uh, yeah. for you guys, just because you get to see that joy of these families reuniting. But what, uh, what other events will you show up to if you're asked to show up?
4: Oh, well, we, you know, any, any, any event that we we're asked to show up. And we won't show up unless we're asked. And if we, if we were to just start showing up at places, then we're no different than uninvited guests. So, we always look for that invitation, and uh, sometimes we wish we got an invitation when we didn't, but we're not going to ask. Um, and any any anything that has to do with the military, especially like you said, the welcome homes, they they're just so special to our hearts when we see the soldiers coming home it it It, it reminds me of an old-time movie when the Navy guys get off the ship. And all their loved ones are standing there waiting, and they're running, and it's just—it's just an awesome sight. But any of the, you know, even the even the deployments, we enjoy going to them because we love to show that that appreciation for what these soldiers are doing. You know, um, we we go to the veterans' homes and we visit with the with the uh, senior. Um, people that are there, we have bingo games going and things like that. And it always am- amazes me to talk to some of those those old soldiers. You know, one of the things that re- that that I really see is you can have a, a a veteran that can tell you who he sat next to in a in a foxhole uh, during a battle, but. They've 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 forgotten their children's names, but they can remember how many freckles the guy next to him had. So you just know the emotional involvement they had in that battle.
0: Yeah, those are just some great stories and great opportunities. Oh. And, and and Tim, I really appreciate what you and the Patriot Guard do, and and I uh, appreciate you spending some time with us here on Minnesota Military Radio today.
4: Well, thank you. It's uh, always an honor.
0: You bet. That's Tim Leonhart, Minnesota Patriot Guard from the Flagline. We're just about out of time. I'd like to let you know that this show is for you. If you have topic suggestions, if you have show feedback, or if you're a Minnesota veteran and you'd like to share your story, please go to minnesotamilitaryradio.com, click on Contact Us, and send us a message. I'd like to thank our guests for joining us this week, Brad Dobazinski, Alan Hill, Stuart Mednick, Tim Leonhart, Commissioner Brad Lindsay of the Minnesota Department of Veterans Affairs, and finally Minnesota's Adjutant General, Major General Sean Mankey. Please join us next week when we get an update from MACV, hear about the new cyber coordination cell of the Minnesota National Guard. That's coming up next weekend on this station or online anytime at minnesotamilitaryradio.com. I'm Doug Wortham. I'd like to thank you for listening to this edition of Minnesota Military Radio. I hope you have a great week and you find a way to make a positive impact on someone's life.
1: Minnesota Military Radio is a production of iHeartMedia, Media, the Minnesota Department of Veterans Affairs, the Minneapolis VA, Beyond the Yellow Ribbon, and the Minnesota National Guard. Your host is Tom Lyons, founder and owner of Phelan Partners Limited, a merger and acquisition advisory firm. Tom is a life member of the American Legion, VFW, Vietnam Veterans of America, and the DAV. For podcasts and the latest updates, follow us at minnesotamilitaryradio.com.